Hi, Creepers and Creepazoids. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And this, this is Open Shutters. Scary ghost, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Philip, uh, how was your week? Oh, I am in such a deliciously devilish mood. <laughs> well, I should be. You, know, you, you were with us at Walmart tonight. We went Walmart tonight. I know I checked out before you, yeah, so I didn't, yeah, you I didn't waiting, get to observe what you. Yeah. So I, I'm standing in line. There's a lady. I have a basket full of groceries. There's a lady with a basket full of groceries in front of me, and then there's another one with a basket full of groceries in front of her. And these two, I don't know. I hate to use the word white trash, so I'll just say garbage people. The, <laughs> yeah. They come and they, they cut in front of her, and they just get standing there like they're getting in line. I said, wait a minute now. I told him, I said, the line ends back here. Well, we were here before we put our stuff up. I said, no, the line ends back here. The lady says, yeah, the line ends there. So they leave. So the other boy was checked up. So the lady in front of me is checking out, and all of a sudden they come back and try to cut in front of me. Oh, hell no. Yeah. And I said, wait a minute. I told you before the line, the line's back there. It's even further back now. And the man goes, I know you told us that. And he leaves, and the woman says, well, we had, they have our stuff. They were holding our stuff and holding our place in line. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. You leave, you lose your place in line, whether your stuff's behind the counter or not. So the, uh, the, the uh, cashier gives her back her stuff, and she goes, this place is fucking ridiculous. I'm going to be kicking somebody's fucking ass soon. Yeah. Well, guess what? I, I just had it. I'm standing there. I'm tired. I have all these groceries. I just want to go Tell home. Them. I want to come and do this podcast. And I just got all Medea on. I said, oh, really? Don't you dare put your hands on me. I want you to put your hands on me. And she didn't say a damn thing, and she kind of like scampered away. <laughs> so that was my Walmart experience wow. with garbage people. So you survived that. I survived Walmart tonight. And you survived that bitch. Oh, that bitch. Talking about bitches. Oh, yeah. We got some news yeah. for us. Yeah, we got, we got more Carol Baskin news. Carol Baskin. Well, first thing, a couple of weeks ago, she gives an interview, and she tries to say that the feud between her and Joe Exotic was made up to give ratings to the Tiger King Netflix show. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like a, like, like a bunch of nonsense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, the man put a contract out on it. How could the feud be made up? Right. You know, I mean, it's really ridiculous. I mean, the man's sitting in jail right now because of all this, so... And he put a contract out on it. He tried to kill her. You don't try to kill people so you could have, so you could make up a feud to have a Netflix show two years later. Exactly. Or many years later it was. So anyway, on New Year's Eve, she was interviewed by... Ken Jong, who's actually a friend of mine, did I tell you that? Yes, I used to yes. do stand-up comedy with him. And Joel McHale. And Ken asks her, how does it feel to be recognized everywhere you go? To be an instant celebrity. And she lives this really weird, kind of screwed-up answer. She says, you know, it's weird. 
because of all the combined fear of them, meaning us, the fans, being hitmen and not knowing them from the paparazzi. Every time people are running to me, I don't know if they're running up to kill me or running up to take a selfie <laughs> with me. Unreal. Fake, lady. Unfucking real. Oh, so yeah. So then Joe gets a good burn in there. What did he say? Oh, not too dark. Oh, yes. Kenneth said, "Oh, not too dark." And then Joel says, "What? Are we dressed like hitmen?" Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Joel's way of kind of throwing some serious yeah, and, shade. And there's also a room where she's all she says she's just still uh, carrying a gun because she thinks Trump is going to pardon Joe Exotic. There's a rumor that you know. I don't like a whole lot that he does, but that's one thing I would, I would. I think we would all enjoy that. I would that. love that. But, you know, he might just do that because, you know, he's going to probably get Celebrity Apprentice back when he gets out of office. <laughs> and he's probably going to put those two on. They'll probably make it to the end, too. Both, it's both of them. Oh, they're going to come out there friends and everything. They're going to come out there being big, big buddy buddies. What do you want to that? <laughs> Oh my okay, goodness. where are we at? We gotta do. I got a, I got a couple of things I, I kind of want to give a little reviews on. Okay. I've been watching the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Ooh, the I season four. I'm not gonna give any spoilers. It was great. I, I enjoy Sabrina. Uh, my favorite character is Aunt Zelda, uh, and like Aunt Zelda, I do see myself as the crone, even though I'm not old enough yet. I am the crone serving the Dark Mother. And I do feel like that at times. Don't want to give much away, though. But I would suggest definitely watching it. And I think it... I'm not sure, but it seems like it might have been the final season. It is the final season. And they did... And, I, and all I will say, they did... Like, some shows, you're never sure if they wrap it up well. All I will say is I think they did an excellent job. Well, Netflix doesn't like their shows to be too long running. I think the longest running one they had was Orange is the New Black. And, and what about the other one, the, the political one, um... The one with Kevin Spacey. What's the name of that one? Um, oh, House of Cards? House of Cards, yeah. yeah. I think they, they th thought that those shows ran a little bit too long. They don't want to have these long because they want to keep on making room for new stuff. That's probably how Netflix thinks. But it was good? It was, I, 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 in my opinion, I thought it was excellent. You binged the whole thing? Uh, the season four, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The whole season. Oh, it was addictive. I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're we probably going to start watching it tonight. And you have a, um, you listened to one of our, our, our Yes, sister. I have sort of a shout-out review for the Don't Look Under the Bed podcast by our friends oh, Justin and Shaughnessy. Our Canadian honeys. Yes, the Canadian honeys. The BC honeys. I think they're, from, they're both from British Columbia. I think so. I don't, think, I don't know if one of them's from America and the other one's from... Canada. I'm not oh, so they live across the line. They live like across the river from each other. Or something. <laughs> oh my! They gotta go. They gotta go through customs to do the podcast. I don't know. No, but I, I, you need I, a passport think, to do I that think, podcast. I think they're both. I think they're both Canadian. Well, so. anyhow, I, I got to listen to their most recent episode about the time travel. Plus, you know, I'm very intrigued by time travel. I don't get to talk about this much, mm. but um, I was just enthralled by the podcast. I love the different cases they gave. Yeah, um, they're great. Very intriguing. I don't want to give much away on that because I want people to really go listen to the Don't Look Under the Bed um, podcast. But I really was really engrossed into that time I tell travel you, episode. I love the Barbie girls. You know, that's, you know, they're the ones who inspired me to do a podcast. But these two girls uh, have a potential... They, 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 those girls need to These be These ladies are great. These they two are great. girls are good. And their banter 
is almost as good as ours. <laughs> no, probably better. I think I loved it. I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah. So anyway, we have some shout outs, don't we? Let me see what we do. And then you have a couple of shout outs, and then you yes. can do the obits for us after that. Yes. Okay. Our shout outs tonight are um, Brandon and Nick, who wrote a review for us, which I'm going to read in a second. Theirs is called The Tennis. It's a ten. It's a podcast of top ten different things that go on, and. Um, this is what they wrote about us. Okay, this damn thing did this to me again. Okay, this is what they wrote about us. Here it is. Okay, they gave us five stars, and it says started with the episode on Madame Lalari, and loved the mix of facts, many of which I had. They had already been buried, though, right? Yeah, but they exhumed so the body. Exhumed they got a hair sample. I get a hair sample. I mean, back then you could, you could, you. Back then, you may not have had DNA, but you could compare hair. Well, they had compared hair the hair, but they didn't have DNA. I'm looking, kind of looking for the. Um, yeah, there was like little traits that could go off of like color and. The, the, well, yeah, she had strawberry blonde hair. Uh, it was May thirteenth, nineteen seventy five. Uh, the blank car the one Gizek had rented at the airport the night before the murder arrived back in New Orleans. A thorough inspection revealed two non-each strands of human hair wrapped around and embedded in a spot of grease on the tire ride near the front tire. Dillman sent these hair to FBI crime lab in order to sustain samples of Patricia's hair to compare to those in the car. Dillman went to New Jersey where she had been buried near her parents' home, obtained a court order, and had her body exhumed. He took samples of her hair and sent them to the FBI. Hair, unlike fingerprints, uh, does not have enough unique characteristics for one to say with certainty that it comes from a particular person. But there are some 15 different traits by which hairs can be compared among them. Color, texture, oil, type, scales, and various others. Yeah. The hairs on the car, which had been crushed and ripped from the scalp, as they would have in an accident, mm. matched Patricia's hair in all 15 characteristics. So he found his murder weapon. He found his physical evidence. So, of course, what happens is, is they indict and try... Both Sam Corey and Giesick. Well, Giesick pleads guilty. He testifies in, in, at Corey's trial. His wife also testifies. And the DA asks her if she knew that they were planning the murder. And she said she did. The police came right up and arrested her on the stand. Needed to. She wound up getting away with it because of part of his plea bargain and everything. <laughs> And they, they, they kind of, they pretty much let her go. She got away with it. Giza got away with 21 years. Now, Corey got the death penalty. Yeah. He, um, but about a year later, they, somehow or another, death penalties for crimes like that were considered to be unconstitutional. So they, he, they reduced his sentence down to, life imprisonment and he never got out of prison he, he, he tried for parole a few times he couldn't get out and on the here it is true true March 17th 1995 he died in prison of natural causes Gizek Gizek got out now last I heard of him and I'll tell you about the movie on holy matrimony which I'm going to talk about in a minute I was on the internet movie database. It was some reviews for the Na uh, Unholy Matrimony, and some people who knew Giesick had written some some of the reviews. 
And it seems like in 2006 he was working in a computer company. Really? So he was still. Okay. And he was, yeah, he was back in Texas. Well, that's right. He, he was, was young. He was working in a computer company. But after that, there's no sign of what happened to him at all. I don't know if he's still alive or not or what. He would be in his 70s now. Oh, okay. And um, Sam Corey would have been would have been almost 90. I'm not sure what he died from, but if you get a good look at him, I'll show you some pictures. I think I showed you these pictures. But um, I want to show you some pictures. I'm going to post these on our Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Now, where are you? I'm looking for your Facebook Messenger page. Those pictures I showed you. And uh, where are you at, Philip? You can't find me? I can't find you. Are you the first one on there? Okay. There you go. Now, look at, look, look at Corey. He doesn't look healthy, does he? No. I mean, he probably was heavy drinking. That's Patricia. Beautiful girl, huh? Just sad, tragic. They, I mean, they it's robbed really, her, They really, robbed her of a full life. This girl should be doting on her grandchildren right now. Should and be. this is Gizek. And what was so special about him that she would like him? Mm. He is not cute at all. <laughs> He's really not. Now, okay... I want to get to, like we did about Delphine last, last week, or two weeks ago, rather. Do you think both Sam and Gizek were evil? Yeah, they were evil. They were definitely both evil, but probably in different ways. And actually, we do need to actually clarify uh, something we were talking about on that Lollary episode, which very much we have to apply to, to this Unholy Matrimony yeah. episode, which is that whole idea of the psychopath and the sociopath. Yeah. So to clarify and make it very simple for y'all, psychopaths are born and sociopaths are made. Yeah. So what does that mean is that the psychopath has the genetics or something inherent that gives them this way that they are just primarily ingrained that way to be that way. And that seems like Sam. Yeah, so it's like born evil. Yeah. Born that way. Now, sociopath, on the other hand, is made saying environmental things, maybe abuse as a child, certain traumas, economic hardships, all kinds of things like that could add up as environmental stimulus to turn that person yeah. into... That sociopath. Or even though it seemed to me like like Gizek was very much a follower, because it, it's all, it was almost like a, a dominant submissive relationship. And he had to learn that somewhere. That had so that's what makes him more of a sociopath. Yeah, I, I couldn't find a whole lot about either one of them's childhood, but I'm imagining Gizek was he, he was a follower. He may have had, but he was also a con man, and it seemed like he you know. He didn't like work in a real job. He loved pretending he was different people. So he had, you know, but Corey was just, he was so narcissistic. But both clearly antisocial personalities. But it's real, oh, both of them. And it was really, uh, what I find very chilling about this case is just the way this girl who's never did them anything, who they didn't know, who they had no reason to want to hurt, that they could kill her in so in cold blood like that. Well, they once again for clear, money. They, if you look at the rest of their life, they only looked at women as property. They were totally dehumanizing in every which way they could. Yeah, because because Gizek's a bigamist. The whole massage parlor setup. Yeah, that isn't thinking about 
That isn't thinking about the right. No, no, no. He's just a big old First pimp. Of, none really. of it was regulated. They weren't getting any health care. They weren't probably getting paid that well. You know, so there were things that, you know, and I'm all about sex industry workers, but they need to be treated properly. Well, I think, so. I, you know, I like, uh, I like Storyville. I'm all for like a legal red light district. And I don't think there's anything wrong with sex workers. But this man was an exploiter. Yes. And and not only was he using these women for money, he was using them for sex, too. Exactly. You know, because they he, were, he felt like he owned them and used them for whatever. And the ultimate owning was they owned Trish as a dollar sign value. How much they could kill her off and bank and pocket that money. Yeah. And the, the thing I hate is uh, the, the thing that really creeps me out that makes me want to. I mean, it really makes me want to jump and stomp on both of their faces till they're bloody pulp. Is the way they danced that little jig and jumped up and down were happy when they found out the girl's killed. This is somebody's daughter, you doofus. Yeah, they gave people no love this girl. It just but but they, it didn't matter to them. They, they probably didn't. don't care about their own. They wouldn't care about their own kids, their own uh, and, and and this whole family. idea probably for them. This idea of getting this money was so that they could just go exploit more women. So I'm glad they did get caught because... Well, they were stupid. Otherwise, there would have been probably more Trishas. Yeah, and they were stupid. They left so many uh, loose ends, and it just... I know, for as elaborate as the plan, I can't believe how dumb they were, though. I got, I got to go put, Even though it's a very tragic thing, I do have to say, they were some real dumbasses. They are dumbasses. And, you know, to me, they, they, they the worst fucking piece of shit slime... And I hope Gizek is dead, if he's not. And if you listen to this, you really ought to burn in hell. And I hope Sam Curry is burning in hell. And if he can hear me right now, burn in hell. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure it. they will, or they are. Yes. Oh, that's this case. Like this took a lot out of me. This is really. This was a really. A it was hard intense. One. I'd never known it. This was before, well before I was born. This, it, yeah. this, this was actually in my parents' era. So well, I remember is, this. You see, I was in high school. I was, uh, I think, like a sophomore in high school. And one, one of the things I remember is, is that there were two Patricias in the news at this time. She was Patricia Giesick, but you know who else was in the news was Patricia Hurst. Oh, that of was, course, everybody. The Patricia knows that, yeah. Hurst <laughs> kidnapping happened right around this time. I'm not sure if it was right before, or right after this. So both these Patricias were in the news at the same time. Oh, Lord. Now, that's you guys. Uh, if you can find a copy of Unholy Matrimony, uh, Detective Dillman's book, it goes into great detail. And we found a really good article on um, online that we got a lot of information from. I think it's called the, the – what was it called? Let me see. I know it's in here somewhere. Was in Texas Monthly? It was in the Texas Monthly. It's a 1976... It's actually a very old article, yeah. 1976 article. Now, now, warning, when you read it, I mean, it's gonna, you have to keep it in the time frame of the 1970s. It was written in... So there may be some things that seem a little weird in how they're writing or how they're portraying Trish. Oh, there it is. It's called The Girl, The Con Man, and The Massage Parlor King. I don't like the way they portray Trish in it. They almost did a blame the victim thing. They had her looking like like some kind of stupid goofball girl, and they were re- they really were. It, it, she wasn't portrayed very nicely at all, and I think that she was she deserved better than that. 
Yeah, I really do. I didn't care for how she was portrayed. Now, if you want to see, uh, you it really, if you could get a, a copy of Detective Dillman's book, go for it because it's really a, a really good read. It, it's a fast read. He he's thorough. He goes through it. He doesn't he doesn't drag on to different things like that. And it's um, it's really a really good book. It's out of print right now. That's the problem. I did try to get in touch with Detective Dillman and see if he wanted to be interviewed for this or anything. But he, he obviously, I guess he's laying low. He does, he, he's probably tired of the spotlight and just, leave, just living. You know, he's in his 70s now. He probably doesn't want to deal with it anymore. And he did his job back then. He, he did deserves, his job. He deserves whatever. And Detective Dillman, if you ever hear this, I want you to know I consider you a hero. Thank you. I consider you Definitely. one of the biggest heroes I've ever known. You're Superman in my book. Now, before we go, I want to go through our um, social media again. You can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters. Our Instagram is Open Shutters Podcast, at Open Shutters Podcast. And our Facebook page is Official Page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. We have another Facebook page, but it's a private one. You have to be friends with either me or Philip to get into it. True. <laughs> so, anyway, um, hey, you guys have a great day. Next week, we're going to be... Next week, we're doing a story on one of the most evil cops that ever lived. Ooh. And it's another New Orleans story, And too. we'll have some holiday... And you know uh, what her name is? Cause... You know what her name is? Antoinette Frank. Ooh. You remember that one? A little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, well, it's also set in New Orleans East, which is really strange. And the weekend after that, it's we're going to leave New Orleans for our last series of Pure Evil. Uh, it's uh, Gertrude Brent Kasky and the murder of Sylvia Likens. That's a, this one's a really creepy one. That's going to get to you too. Mm. All right, you guys, we love you and enjoy the open shutters. But, but don't fall out the window. <laughs> Bye. Bye.